Coming to you from the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado, it's The Savage Cast, a Savage Worlds podcast brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Savages. Here are your hosts, Chris Savage Mommy Fox and Christopher Savage Bull Landauer. Welcome to Savage Cast, episode 26, Back in Business. We're joined today with a special guest host, Patrick Nichols. Welcome back to Savage Cast. We're going to do what uh, I'm going to be calling a, a flash interview. Uh, we got Charles White from Fabled Environments on the phone. Uh, how are you doing, Charles? Good. How are you guys doing? Excellent. We're doing Excellent. good. So you've got uh, a Kickstarter going right now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, we're doing a Kickstarter for the second book in the Olympics, Inc. Uh, setting. Um, this is kind of the complement the base book. And just really quickly, uh, I guess the, a good summary of the setting would be uh, demigods, mythical beings, uh, kind of a Shadowrun feel in modern day. Uh, a lot of really cool, fun things about the setting. But in this one, we add what we call bloodlines. So Instead of like being um, a child of in this setting, you basically have a bloodline that has uh, elements that harken back to uh, the original god it's based off of. So in this book, we introduce seven new bloodlines, five of which are what we call paragons or straight from uh, these gods. So it would be Artemis, Athena, Demeter, Hephaestus, and Hera, and then two more demi-human bloodlines. So there are bloodlines that are not human, if you will. Um, in the first book, it was uh, satyrs and minospawn, basically small minotaurs. In this book, we have cyclospawn, which are small cyclops, or normal human size, I should say, and centaurs. And so with each of these, there's uh, creation rules that are based like races. And then with each of the races, there are powers um, for them as well that you can draw from and build your character with. So um, a lot of fun things. We Like in the first book, we have a lot of uh, new corporations. We've added some new creatures, a lot of new weapons, uh, and just a lot of other bits and, and bobbles, if you will, to it as well. It's, it's a lot of fun. The big thing in this, too, that we've added in this book is the ability to craft or chalcum, which is extremely important in the setting because it's the thing that can really hurt a lot of the, the um, creatures. So it's the ability to add things to it using um, the bits of the creatures you kill and may basically make enchanted alloys, if you will. Uh, so it's really kind of cool. You can make better equipment and weapons and things like that. Well, and another thing that's pretty cool and obvious from the get-go is that the uh, you guys have had a, uh, a trade dress redesign. So the, oh, yeah. the, the, the Pelion Report has a really cool uh, like a combination of like corporate stock art, you know, uh, style presentation with you know it still still exemplifies the flair of the the um, uh, the no, not the medieval the myth mythological so you have like a really cool guy wearing a you know three piece suit you know, or a nice Italian suit in the front but he's got like clearly like god powers as he's like crushing the ground with a you know fiery fist so the uh, good looking shit right there yeah you guys are familiar with Carl Kiesler I know he's doing all the layout on this book. 
And he's the one that really we talked about it. I, my inspiration was drawing from a work called Corporea, which if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's just absolutely amazing. But um, it, it's kind of that realistic and that more of that corporate feel uh, is something I wanted to mirror in this book. And so one of our stretch goals is actually to go backwards and maybe mirror that and clean up the other the, the previous book as well, the base book. So I hope we can hit that and do that. But I love the new trade dress, and I think it really reflects the setting a whole lot better. I yeah. thought that as soon as I saw as soon as I saw that cover, it, it's invocative. It speaks to the setting. Uh, and before I even knew who it was, who who did it, I knew who did it. Right, <laughs> that is the gorgeous work of Carl Kiesler. You can kind of, yes. Yeah, you, you just you just have this feeling. You can kind of just tell. Um, so what are what are some other what are some other stretch goals that uh, you're hoping to hit? Because uh, just looked at looked at it this morning. I think you guys uh, at the time of this recording to be a little different when we put this out. You have about 17 days left, and you're almost at 70 percent. So what are some of the things you're hoping to hit, and and uh, what do you want people to know who might not have gone out there and pledged yet? What can we do to get them to get out there and pledge so we can get you to where you need to be? Sure. So let's start with the stretch goals. We've got some really amazing folks in the Savage Worlds community that are going to write adventures. So Scott Woodward, uh, obviously Flash Gordon's hot right now and and hitting tables. So uh, he's a name that people know. John Beatty, um, Sean Bircher, who's done an adventure for us before. John Dunn, I think most people know him. Owen Lean, Curtis Lyon, and then Ween Reichel um, are all uh, special authors. After that, we start adding some new powers to the bloodlines. And then one of the other kind of interesting things that we've been wanting to do is add minor deities. So I mentioned earlier there's paragons, which are the straight bloodlines. But if you have a mixed bloodline, so you have two or more of these folks in your your, your genealogy, then um, you can draw from different lines. Minor deities are going to add to that ability too. So we'll add people like Hypnos and Nike and Karis and Bia, um, Nixon, Hikate, hopefully, um, to that mix as well. And then, like I said, hopefully what we can do, too, is our last stretch goal, and it's lofty, but if we hit that, we're going to redesign it in the same uh, size as the Buccaneer book was. And then with this new kind of layout and feel, I think it's going to just really be awesome, and I hope we can get there. Yeah, and, and you can um, add on the original right. base book through this Kickstarter. If you haven't already picked up Olympus Inc. itself, you can add that on as well, right? So everyone can like, hop yeah. aboard. And... Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of things. And folks have been a little confused. Um, in the past, we've done these all as tiers, and it got really messy. So uh, John Dunn had this awesome suggestion, and I, I completely agreed with him, that we'll do it as add-ons. And so the add-ons you can do is you can do either the PDF version of Olympus Inc., hard or soft cover as well. The other really cool thing people have taken advantage of in the past is you can add on our entire catalog, minus the Buccaneer line and the Monster Hunter line, um, but with that, you get a tremendous amount of products, adventures, accessories for a fraction of the cost. So it's a great time to take advantage of that, too. But like all, that all the maps. All the maps. Yes, all of them. All the adventures, all the maps, uh, all the accessory. Uh, like we have the, uh, the high school um, figure flats and, and some artwork. And just there's tons of stuff for a price point that's insanely low. So... Um, I hope people take advantage of that. It's a great time to jump on. And that stuff is available, all the add-ons, as soon as the money clears. Basically, as soon as the check clears, if you will, um, it's going out to you. So there's no waiting. The book, obviously, has got to be laid out and edited and things. But 
those those that can really kind of wet your whistle, if you will, um, by getting that in your hands right after that's done. So that's going to be great. Well, and one of your your pledge levels is already sold out, and I'm kind of disappointed because it's the one that I jumped on uh, when this was an Indiegogo. Um, is the uh, you only have six available? Maybe you can like open that up a little bit um, because there's one of the pledge levels is you can actually work with you guys to create an NPC for the game. And there's like two of them, right? There's like the $65 level and a $100 level. And I think the $100 level is the one that's like actually sold out already. No, there's still some slots left, I think. Um, I know, it's six to six, man. I looked at like right before I called you. I was like, I'm going to just go pledge right now. Because I had had just (laughs) pledged already for um, Gilbert's Rockopolis. And I was Gilbert worked with you guys on on uh, Olympus Inc. And I was like, oh, I'll wait, I'll wait till you know the uh, the next credit card period for this one. And then I remember that it's not like Indiegogo, and you can actually pledge whenever you want. It doesn't get charged until right. You don't, you don't, you, you, yeah. it'll, it'll wait yeah, to charge to wait. until the end, right? And so I don't have to wait. But then I was like, I'm gonna do the one where I'm gonna make Savage Bull in your setting, and then it's sold out. So maybe there's some opportunity to make a little more money because I think. Um, I think if I actually get off, you're on the phone right now. I think if I use my phone to go over there and get it, it'll screw things up. But the, um, you might check that out before before the Kickstarter ends. There's there's at least six people already lined up to do their own NPCs. So yeah, uh, which yeah, is, and you you mentioned the sixty five dollar level. That's just a little seeds. You don't have to do all the 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 um, the, the blah, all the all the bobbly bits to it, if you will. You don't have to do all the all the uh, mechanics. But yeah, no, there's no reason I can't add that. I'll, I'll make the pledge right now, right here, that I'll add that extra tier level right in, and we'll get to some more slots. Oh, excellent. Because I think it's great to have people share their own NPCs and really make it personal for them as well. Yay! So now I'm going to infect you with the Savage Bull. There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. We're official. Now I'm in print. Yeah, Rocky extra. And you know, nobody ever gives a Minnow Spawn any love, so that would be awesome. <laughs> there you go. Right? <laughs> Like, you know, as long as the Savage Bull is, like, the correct, like, everyone's always worried about, like, the uh, the centaurs, right? It's like, is it top half human or top half horse? Uh, right? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen the centaur with the, the top half horse and the bottom half human. I don't you, think I'd want to. You haven't been on the internet much then. <laughs> no, no, I stay off those kind type of sites. Uh, I don't, so. <laughs> Uh, excellent. So the uh, I was going to say congratulations on um, you know uh, getting back on Kickstarter. There was like a total screw up the first time on Kickstarter's part for actually getting Olympus Inc. out, and you uh, single handedly brute forced Olympus Inc. into the world. <laughs> and uh, now you guys are back on the platform that seems to be the best one to get RPGs funded. So we're it really is, excited yeah, that fun. you know you're expanding a line. Which I, and someone actually posted on um, on one of the, the Facebook groups, whether it was Facebook or G Plus, that it was like this is kind of a monumental you know thing for um, you know uh, RPGs and Kickstarters. It's like not only is did you get the first base book out and everybody's happy and it's awesome, but you've actually gone and what within a year um, turned around and put out new a substantially amount of new material and that's kind of a, an interesting milestone because you know, a lot of things get out the door and there's kind of get you know that's all they're going to be and um but this is awesome that it's actually um still supported really well and getting better too i mean i love the the, the new redesign i think that really kind of fits i mean the art for the first one is fantastic i mean i love the the art especially the cover piece um but just that little subtle change of like oh yeah let's just do a little trade dress that makes it look like you know corporate brochures uh it's just so thematic that you know it's spot on so well we made a commitment to the fans too that to do this right we needed to do three books uh and we're gonna release them i don't care what it takes but we're gonna release them um 
it, it, I the thing that drives me absolutely nuts, like you said, is that you have a product that's just dropped and then dies. Because especially if you're a fan of it, you want more to it. You want it to be living. You want it to be a living product, and you want what you need to be able to make your world come alive. And and with the heart, we're all gamers. And so I want to make sure that folks have what they need to really play and fall in love with the setting. Yeah, and then I don't know if this is a little early, but Gilbert might be coming out again. So we had Gilbert Gallo at um, Genghis Khan last year. And he might be able to make it out again this year. So it'll be the, at least the second time uh, at Genghis that Olympus Inc. gets run. And, uh, right? So, yeah, give lots of money to I'll Charles make... so Charles can afford to come out to Colorado and, and we'll have like the One reunion. One of these days I'll make it out. It'll be a blast. I know you guys have such an amazing community out there. And we've always been uh, very blessed to have the support of folks out there. So it's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, we need to get you out here. It'd be awesome if you could come out at the same time as Gilbert. So. Yeah. Like Nickel and Diamond. Thing is, I think we talked about this before. I have only heard his voice a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> I've never actually talked to him. I mean, we do a lot of uh, communication via email and trading documents and stuff. And I mean, he's a great guy, but it's just so kind of surreal and bizarre to have a really great working relationship. And I, somebody I dearly call a friend that you've never talked to. It's just strange. Right. And he's even more charming in person. Yeah, he's fairly he's, charming. He's a, he's a great guy. I'm actually yeah. right now start say, starting to save up money and making plans. I think I'm going to go over to Italy, uh, end of next summer, uh, probably September oh. to see him and spend some time with him over in Italy. That would be a blast. He's, he's invited us over and it's just, I, and I know his community is amazing and he's got such an amazing uh, and vibrant gaming community. It would just be a blast to be able to hang out with those guys too. Yeah. So, so anything else you want us to know about uh, about the Kickstarter? No, just please sh- just take a look, share. If you have questions, let me know. But um, the more we can get the word out, the better. And you know, big thanks to folks like y'all. Y'all have been so supportive of us and and wonderful to us. But really, it is about getting the word out. And I know from a gamer perspective. Uh, I appreciate hearing about the about the projects that are going on, and then from a publisher, thanks for sharing. We, we really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. So yeah, we'll have the link on our um, uh, show notes. Show notes. Um, it's Olympus Inc. O L Y M P U S Inc. and Pelion Report. P E L I O N. If you want to search it on Kickstarter, it's going now. Um, well, more than half funded. Two weeks left. Get on board. It's awesome. If you back it, make sure you go out on Kickstarter, share it, share that you've backed it because you can do that right out of Kickstarter. You can you can share that to yep. Facebook. If you see posts about it uh, and you've decided to back it, share those posts. Give give Charles some love because if uh, you share those posts, that's just going to get out to more gamers and more people, and we can get this thing funded. Right. And if you want to play it, come to Genghis. There you go. February 21st, next year. Aurora, Colorado. Yeah, real quickly, there's a sneak preview out there on drive-thru. If you want to see what the setting looks like, it has the same layout and all that kind of happy jazz. You can get some good sample. There's some meat in that document, so you can begin using it right now in your Olympus Sync games. Awesome. So, yeah, everybody get on it. Back the project. Thanks, Charles, for joining us, and enjoy selling some popcorn with your uh, scouts. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again. Cheers, buddy. In other Kickstarter news... The um, Rockopolis just finished its Kickstarter, successful Kickstarter. The, um, that's a project uh, also uh, done by Gilbert Gallo um, of uh, Olympus Inc. and Buccaneer fame. Uh, so Rockopolis, what, what, what's, the, what's the elevator pitch on that? 
Uh, you play a, a band of rockers trying to make it uh, in the world of um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll against other up-and-coming bands to you know, yeah. reach eternal fame and stardom. Didn't uh, Ralph Bakshi do that? Uh, yeah, there's a couple games. Like I think there's one called um, I think he was Rockalypse, and then there was an earlier one Rock and Roll. Yeah, so there's there've been like it's interesting. There's been a couple little attempts to do rock and roll RPGs, and uh, the cool thing is that they're all very unique on how they approach this one. This one's got kind of the, the, the cool element here is that um, in addition to like your adventures where you're fighting other bands for you know supremacy or attention, even um, you're individually fighting your muses. So you use your muse to power your music. But your muses are also like a corruptive force, so there's always the chance that you, you give in to the various muses, and um, and they've they've already picked out a pretty cool you know a number of muses, um, uh, yeah, and you can definitely as a GM or player you know, come up with your own on you know what's what's fueling your artistry and. Um, it's pretty cool. So I, I was a stretch goal on this project, and that got unlocked. So I'll actually be writing an adventure for it. Right on, and, nice, uh, right. And um, yeah, so that it's not Savage Worlds; it's its own system. A little, little too much sex, drugs, and rock and roll for Savage Worlds. Um, but it's kind of a cool system. Like one of the interesting elements they have in the system is is like cascading dice for success, um, which is kind of a, a unique, uh, you know, similar kind of feel to exploding dice. You know, where you know when you succeed, um, you know, it keeps going. So uh, these dice have a, kind of a dice pool expansionary effect as you're. Um, as you're playing, which is a pretty cool little mechanic. And um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that more when the game comes out and all that's polished. Uh, let's see, what else is on the... Oh, uh, Crystal Hearts. Yeah, Crystal Hearts. Um, I don't know if uh, any of you have read uh, the webcoming Up to Four Players, but Up to Four Players, uh, those guys uh, are putting out a uh, Kickstarter for their Crystal Hearts Savage Worlds setting. Uh, very cool setting. Uh, it's a great comic. If you haven't uh, read it, go out, take a look at it. They are using Savage Worlds in the comic as well. So so basically the comic is their characters in the Crystal Heart setting, and you kind of get the view of the players themselves and their GM and also their player character. So it kind of it, it weaves itself in and out of both of those um, settings. So some parts, it's it's them sitting around the table. They're actually playing the game, and they're they're talking rules and things like that. And then you also have the sections where it's them, um, you know, being portrayed as their characters going through the setting and going through the the adventures and all of those things. They put out the comic. I think it's every Monday. Uh, so it's been out for a while. It's well worth going and reading. Uh, we're going to try to get something set up uh, for the to have the guys come on uh, and talk about the Kickstarter. Um, one of them's in England, I believe, and one of them is in Israel. So it might be a little uh, hard, but we'll see what we can do to figure out if we can get the guys on uh, and uh, talk a little bit more about Crystal Hearts. Yeah, it's Aviv and Aaron. Yes, there you go. Go ahead and go. Yeah. So... Um, We'll just uh, we'll we'll see what we can do, and we'll oh, get maybe them. they're both in London. I'm reading I'm reading their picture down. It says well, there, there's there's two London based Israeli gamers, right? But but there's another guy in Israel. Oh, who's also with us? Yeah, who's also with them oh, on the cool. Kickstarter. So I don't have all their names, but uh, we'll find it now. Um, also, the other big one, uh, and you've already heard about this, but you're gonna hear about it again. Yeah, we kind of figured we needed to talk about it. Uh, the other big one, uh, something coming up October 16th. 
Uh, if anyone's interested, a uh, little Kickstarter from uh, a company out there called Pinnacle. And uh, what, what are they? Suede? Suede? Something about some Savage Worlds Adventure Edition? Nice Corinthian leather. Yeah, so I'm not uh, some something about that. So some new update or something from from Pinnacle. Yes, but what we call this is this like what do we call it? Savage Worlds version three? Nope. Nope. Third edition? Nope. It is Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Savage Worlds yep. Adventure Edition, you formerly known as in you, development Savage you, Worlds Black. You don't. You, we, he doesn't. They don't want to go edition numbers. They they. They, they go away from that, and this is just the Savage Worlds Adventures edition. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Um, they're starting to put out uh, a few sneak peeks. So if you're not signed up for the Pinnacle newsletter, go out, sign up on Pinnacle's website, get their weekly newsletter. Um, it's no, normally you know only four or five quick tidbits of information, so um, it's not something that's going to take you a long time to read. But that's a good place to get information, their Facebook page, you know. So all this stuff's being put out. And then as soon as they put it out on Facebook or they put it out on their own site, everybody's grabbing it and uh, retweeting uh, it, putting it out on G+. So you're going to get to see these various snippets and uh, previews. They won't be hard to find. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, to me, it's exciting seeing how many people who are, like, freaking out over, like, the little rule hints that have been dropped. And it's just like, wait, people, there's so much more. Well, and the first thing, the first thing they put out was a, a very real short um, about support rules. So they're calling it support now. Um, you know, it's that the, the aiding others. Yeah, so when multiple people can aid a role. Yeah, a and so, you know, it, it's tweaked a little bit. It's cleaned up. It's cleaned up a little bit. Uh, not going to go through it all here. Just uh, go out, take a look at their, their site, uh, and it's all on there. But... Um, you know, there's going to be, uh, he talked, uh, they talked about in that some new chase rules. So they may preview parts of that, um, tests, some of the things that were in flash Gordon that they're bringing over, they're going to start previewing. So if you're on the fence for some reason, and you're a savage worlds player, not sure why you'd be on the fence if you're a savage worlds player, but if you are, you know, it's worth taking a look and seeing if those are things that you'd be, you know, interested in, uh, you know playing and bringing forward i know on their site there's already a huge thread about the support rules uh when i looked at it it was it was well over a hundred um posts so i saw that it was a hundred posts i read the first couple and i kind of stopped at that point so i mean people are already talking about it and i don't know if they like it if they don't like it i don't really know but people are already talking about just that little bitty snippet right the um, uh, it, it's exciting. Like the the book looks amazing. The rules are fun. Hey, um, I've got a Savage Worlds question for you. Yeah, in all the worlds and resource materials that are written. Did they ever do anything about the whole Mad Max scenario? The whole Ooh. apocalyptic cars. Yeah. Well, I, I would say the 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 big one, if you want post apocalyptic. Uh, is Deadlands Hell on Earth. Oh, okay. Um, now, it is set in the Deadlands, the Deadlands universe, but you could easily, if you really wanted to, strip the Deadlands stuff out of it. We also, uh, the guys and I on the uh, Savage Worlds GM podcast, uh, which is on YouTube, on Google+, we're everywhere, so if you want to check that out, just a plug for my other, the other show I'm on. We did an entire 
um, setting. We created our own post-apocalyptic setting. Oh. Um, you can find those uh, online. Um, you can find the the podcast we did on that. But we said it. We did our own. But I don't think anyone's really done the, the like yeah. serial number stripped off for the like car wars element of post-apocalyptic. Because the reason why I asked, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I was reading some stuff, and there's Steve Jackson is kicking car wars. And, um, oh, they're doing it again? Yeah, and they're giving it a huge flush and a wipe down. And SJ's aboard, and uh, he's a cool cat. But anyways, the thing is, is, it happened to be I was watching Mad Max, the original. <clears throat> Mel Gibson's like 12. Right. And uh, nobody really, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, post-apocalyptic. Sequoia's done it, some other people, Dan, Aaron. Um, but they don't really grasp the car concept. Right, yeah. The point no, of the I'll... movie of the fuel is the spice. And getting that fuel moved and cars and communities that are made out of walled cars and buses. And, you know, yeah, I some of that stuff, the writer he went through actually had communities filtering gas to get water because there was communities that had gas, but no water. No water. That, that's wild. Right. I know that there is right now. Um, I, and I would think that it's because of, of uh, Gaslands, which is a game I've talked about, that it seems like yeah. an influx of, of these Car Wars types games coming back out. Uh, Warhammer is doing one. Speed Freaks, oh. uh, which is orcs and things <laughs> in you, cars. If you paint your car red, does it <laughs> um, go faster? You know, and so you're saying Car Wars is coming back. We've got Gaslands. There's a group of folks. I'm on the, I'm on the Facebook page. There's a group of folks who are actually taking the Gaslands world and creating an RPG for it. Wow, um, and he, they've done it. I am just lurking right now because I haven't had a lot of time. But they've done a ton of work on it um, to bring that Gaslands universe into an RPG. So that's well, going to be something. Gaslands is like Osprey, right? Osprey books. Osprey, yeah. Which is interesting. It's like it's like, you know, like the only time I ever really touched Osprey stuff is like you know they put out those really good army books for like you know Italian army, right? The historical war gaming stuff, right? Yeah, it's all historical war gaming. But now the uh, well, they've done quite a bit because they've got they've got. Uh, um, a lot of um, Songs of Blades and Heroes, which is a small skirmish-based game. And they've put out tons of stuff for that, tons of supplements, uh, mm. tons of new um, worlds. There's a horror one. There's just They've put out tons of stuff for Song of Blades and Heroes as well. Um, I was just wondering, didn't mean to take you off a tangent, but there is a buttload of Savage World expansions and resource materials out there and uh, haven't come across a Mad Max-ish. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Is there anything on Savagepedia? Ooh, maybe. Oh, speaking of which, like the news, we've saved Savagepedia. Oh. (laughs) Thank you to everybody out there. The, uh, we, yeah, we put out a call for some cash to transfer it off of uh, Wikispaces, where it was been hosted for the last couple of years. And uh, that whole platform decided it wanted to implode. And we're like, well, we can't lose this. So the Savages and a bunch of donors out there from uh, all over gracefully stepped up. And um, like, I, think, like, I think I posted it like, like, like midnight our time. I'm like, yeah, can we guys um, throw some cash at us so we can pay for it? But basically what happened was is the – uh, you could try to do it yourself, but it would literally require copying and pasting every single file on the old site. There was no really good export. All the exports were limited in some fashion. It just made them you know, kind of unusable. Uh, but there was a company out there that actually developed some scripts, um, and they wanted, what, like 250 bucks or something like that to do the, the, the transfer. So we're like, we raised that money like overnight. Like I got up in the morning, and we were already at like 300 and some bucks. I'm like, yay, we're good. So the, we paid a company to... 
to run their scripts, archive everything that they could archive for us. Um, the one thing they couldn't pull out was like all the user base. So like the names, emails, logins of everyone who had ever been. And there were like 880 some people who were wow. uh, contributors to Savagepedia. So I think like two or 300 of you guys have already joined us in the new Savagepedia. But if you haven't, check out Savagepedia. It's at thesavagepedia.com. And um, so that, that's the new new host for the site. And it's got a whole history of people's free fan-created games, settings, maps. Um, it's got the, all the old shark bites. It's got the those old whispers from the shark pit. Nibbles. It, and the and shark the, nibbles. And it's the nibbles, got a right? ton. I was actually on there just the other day just kind of, you know, navigating through the site just seeing kind of of a trip down memory lane of all the stuff right that was on there fixing a few links i mean there's 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 going to be things on there they're going to be broken links and things like that but if uh, if you guys see those um you know let us know and just, you just know, fix them yourself we really can get easy. it fixed or you can get it fixed yeah or you you can fix it as well um and uh contribute to it let's let's keep this thing going um, and uh, yeah, we're planning know. like as the the Rocky Mountain Savages. You know, obviously, you've heard us before talk about um, us running the Living Deadlands campaign called Twilight Legion, and uh, where we Savages. ran right. It's good stuff. We had multiple GMs, multiple players running characters. I'm like, well, why don't we just? Yeah, we had a wiki for that. Why don't we merge that wiki with the Savagepedia? And uh, let people, you know, just keep that that effort, that, uh, the Living Deadlands thing alive. And uh, so we'll be transferring some of that's our content story. over that. Right? And um, so, yeah. So the Savagepedia has been saved. And thank you guys for that. We appreciate it. So speaking of Rocky Mountain Savages, uh, oh, yeah, we, we, got, we got a little bit of news uh, on the Rocky Mountain Savages front. We are aces. And if you don't know what aces means, we are now a Pinnacle-approved licensee. So we can nice. publish licensed material. So it's gonna be a ramp up of us start uh, getting the print and press, getting some things voice. done and getting some, some things ready. I've got some ideas. I know Landauer has some ideas. I've talked to a couple of friends who have some ideas. I don't have any ideas, but I will totally back your ideas. Yeah. So if people are Rocky Mountain Savage or anybody else out there, if if you have ideas and you have things that that you'd like to see out there, let us know. We want to help people get published we want to help you know the the people who are out there going oh man i just i, I wish i could do this but i don't i i'm not going to be a licensee all i want to do is a couple of one sheets things like that yeah i don't know who to talk to i, I don't know, know who to talk works. to let us know yeah so, but you know, yeah. over the last two years you know how fox and i uh you know kicked our way into existence and thanks you know to the big support of brett on buccaneer um uh, Right, and that goes. So the two of us tagged along on that that adventure, and seeing how that that worked, and working with publishers, and working with layout guys, and working with editors, and seeing how you get onto the platforms, and doing the quality control. Um, yeah, it's a huge learning curve, and it's pretty intimidating for someone who's never done it before. And now that we're fresh off that initial little battlefield, we're like, hey, you know, we have so many talented GMs and creators in the Rocky Mountain Savages. Let's get their stuff out there. Um, there's no reason that. You know they need to not be published. So, and even if you're not a, me- I mean, if you're not a member of the Rocky Mountain Savages, you know, talk to us, talk to us, and we'll we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what we can do. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put out quality quality product, quality work. 
um, you know, because we are an official licensee. So, you know, some of this stuff is still going to, Pinnacle's going to be looking at it. So we'll make sure we put out really good quality stuff. But, uh, you know, we're out there now and we're a resource. And now you got let, us, uh, let us help people out. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting stuff, right? It is pretty cool. The, um, and that's another other thing, too, is the, uh, one of the announcements that oh, is this public yet or not? Have they has Pinnacle released the information besides Aces? Yes. Okay, so we can talk about it. See, Fox and I, we kind of know some stuff inside, but we've been we've been a swan to Omerta. That <laughs> That's we, right. We we cannot divulge. We've we been, yeah. and, and we, we don't speak to the officials. Yeah. There's right. still there's still stuff I out there that we that we have to not talk about. Yeah, but I don't uh, know what yeah, you're talking about. But yeah, so there's a cool. So one of the things that Pinnacle is moving forward with, which is awesome, is their uh, Adventures Guild. So in addition to the Aces, who are official licensees, um, they are moving forward with a program for people to publish, um, but kind of a, a step up from the old fan license. So fan licenses were, um, you can do what you want. You can't charge for it. If you release it for free, you can put the fan tag on it. And, you know, as long as there's enough distance between, like, your, I took uh, Mad Max or, you know, Jurassic Park or whatever and filed the serial numbers off and here it is. Um, you know, those things that probably couldn't be sold anyways. Um, those were always kind of like fan things. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll put up some stats for Star Wars or whatever. Um, those always worked for fan licenses. Uh, one step up from that is going to be the Adventures Guild, which is swag, Savage Worlds Adventures Guild. And that'll be um, kind of an, an open clearinghouse. Um, for products that you can actually put a price tag to, and Pinnacle will get a cut of that, and it's kind of like D and D Adventures Guild on Drive Through RPG. Right, it's gonna be it's gonna be all through one bookshelf. Yeah, well, so yeah. your Drive Through uh, RPG now, all of those those sites is where this is gonna. That's where they're gonna house this. So yes, yeah, so you'll be able to actually publish your products there, put a tag on tags on them, and you know, obviously the quality there is gonna be everything from utter trash to you know diamonds in the rough. Um, but it's a way to get your foot in the door um, and, you know, may, maybe make a little cash um, or just, you know, use sales and the platform to get attention and eyeballs. Right. On, and, on and you know, publishers are publishers are going to be able to see that and people are going to be able to look at that. And then, you know, that might lead to that next step of, of, you know, somebody like us, you know, getting getting in touch with someone and saying, hey, we really like what you're doing. Kind of like Charles did with us with Buccaneer. You know, we, we, I've told the story before. Buccaneer was uh, three adventures. And, you know, we kind of shopped it around. Charles, we gave it to Charles, and, and he looked through the adventures, and, and he said, you know, you have enough here to, to do a setting. Do you want to do a setting? Brett and I had never done a setting, like I've said. And both of us were like, yeah, yeah sure, we'll do a setting, <laughs> not really knowing what we're going to get into. And then, you know, bringing, bringing uh, Landauer into it to, to help us out and really, you know, clean up and refine some stuff. And... That's kind of how I see the uh, how swag's going to go is, like you said, those diamonds in the rough that people are going to put out small things, and then somebody's going to see that and go, I think there's more to that. You know, let's talk and let's see what we can do and let's get that adventure put into a setting. And I also think it's a cool opportunity for not just the content creators, but the facilitators who are amateur and want to get better to do stuff too. So, for instance, there are a lot of people out there who like, you know, oh, I, I picked up InDesign and I've got, you know, 
better than average skills with it, but you're not enough to really get hired often enough by big companies doing their layout. But hey, you know, if you need some help doing layout, I'll help you with layout. And hey, stock art, you know, a bunch of artists are going to be putting, you know, a little more uh, uh, markets to have people use their stock art. So that, I think that it'll be a cool platform to. Uh, you know, bring some, I don't know what you call it, like free market economy to role-playing, which uh, is, is kind, of, kind of part of the whole arc of how book publishing in general has been changing. Um, so really cool stuff on the horizon there um, for Fish Savage World stuff. And we have another big announcement that now finally the press release has been out. The uh, Fox and I have been hinting for a while that we've been working on a big project that's going to come to Savage Worlds. Uh, release... 2020 likely Kickstarter probably the fall of next year. Yep. Um, but we are in the revival of Bureau 13. So if you guys aren't familiar with this product, this is the this is the quintessential uh, kind of like a seed of ideas RPG, which went on to flower in so many other properties, and uh, I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. But hopefully this new relaunch. Um, the game was originally by um, Richard Cholka. And Early 80s? 83, yeah. I, I believe? And, yeah, and, the, and the basic premise was, it's kind of very kitchen sink, but it's um, kind of on the lines of secret government organization that tackles the weirdness that actually exists in the world um, yeah. through various platforms. And uh, to, to give you an idea of just how many properties stole liberally or yeah we can just rattle some off here like all of x-files really owes a debt to bureau 13 and in bureau 13 out before the x-files was a thing there literally is a concept called the x-files and in bureau 13 and the funny thing is in bureau 13 you could literally play a a fbi agent with a doctor character who run around and solve mysteries, like it was kind of one even one of the tropes was in there with before X Files. Like clearly, Chris Carter and crew played Bureau Thirteen before they wrote it, but in Bureau Thirteen, the X Files are actually the file of X agents who were fighting the you know the the mysterious and are now dead or uh, AWOL or retired or whatever. Um, and so similar concept to the show where they just take the X-Files and literally change the name of Bureau 13 to the X-Files. Like within the FBI, the X-Files are the – what in, in, in the RPG was Bureau 13, its own organization, you know, set to go and check out Another biggie, happenings. Men in Black. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Men, Men in, in Black. Yeah, Agent you know. G. G-men. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know what's funny about that is I did not even know that that's what you guys would be squawking about. The 80s, Reaganomics, right? We had the whole what is Russia doing, we're Cold War, we got some secret cameras and a pencil, we got the secret right. shoe thing. And at that time of Bureau 13, which I loved and played, was also Top Secret Spies International, TSR, and uh, it was this whole espionage kind of stuff. Uh, groups had it. Um, and it just kind of kicks me back a little bit, and I think that's pretty righteous. But, yeah, going back to some old-school stuff with the roots and, like you said, X-Files, that's where, you know, it's kind of neat how everything has a root. That's all I'm saying. Right, yeah, and there's a whole modern resurgence for nostalgia and bringing some of these older properties back. And um, David Boop is the project lead. He, uh, locals remember him. He's attended our cons here. Um, And uh, he actually befriended Richard. And uh, Richard has since passed, but the uh, oh. this, this idea has been in the works for a couple of years, and so you know had Richard's blessing, and the um, so yeah, uh, David's working with their estate, 
And uh, yeah, there are other really cool properties like the um, what were the other ones? Uh, Moro and um, what's the one that just kickstarted? Um, Fringeworthy. Fringeworthy. Yes, the, that's um, the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. So those are all part of the same kind of Richard Joka universe uh, from his uh, genius brain. Um, but be a beer thirteen. Like, uh, hey, Stargate. Uh, not Stargate. Um, uh, Babylon Five. They literally Babylon Five literally had. Um, in one of its seasons, they bring in the Psycor was called uh, Bureau 13. And uh, after that season, right. they kind of dropped it because of literally like infringing on the, the IP. Um, I'm pretty sure Bureau 13 had a computer game out already called Bureau 13. And I think the computer game company is the one that freaked out more about it than huh. Richard did. Um, over the IP, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and the uh, like, Supernatural total, you know, totally owes a, an homage to Beer Thirteen. Monster Hunters International totally owes a you know an homage to Beer Thirteen. So a lot of these properties, um, the thing that kind of sets Beer Thirteen apart from these is it had at its core humor. It was it was more um, you know on the range from slapstick to puns to. Um, nods at current events and you know crazy real world happenings, uh, but it, it always kind of maintained the more levity side of it, and that kind of was represented in the art, the original art in the cover um, done by the artist who does Girl Genius, really kind of a, you know iconic fun cover. Phil Folio. Oh, okay. And um, and he also did you know, the funny thing about Folio is like you know talking about like how all these people were kind of you know touching on the stuff. The um, GURPS put out a book. That was like um, was it like Monsters U or Weirdness University or oh, um, Illuminati Inc. Well, or, yeah, uh, and Folio did the Steve uh, Jackson had Illuminati, and then there was groups. Um, I got all. It was totally a university right? resource books on my shelf right now. Yeah, what was it called? It was called like yeah, but it was you know, it was a university setting for the weirdness and the paranormal and all that. And uh, Folio did the co- the work on the cover. Group Strange. Yeah, what I think was it was Group Strange, and Group Strange was the X File attempt of Ghost and Paranormal and X Fileish. I think it was Group Strange. Never played. Never played Groups. What? Oh, no. So I don't know. Oh, I O U Illuminati University. Oh, that's it. I O U. Okay. Okay. So Elizabeth McCoy was the writer, but um, Folio did the cover art. Okay. And um, sorry. Yeah, the Groups. I O U. That cover looked familiar. Yep. The um, so it's, it's just you know it's one of those things where that was one of the, the popular you know uh, games where, and that's the thing at TSR which brought us D and D yeah um, tactical studies research buddy right yeah, and yeah. Uh, they were on it of their time yeah and so I think <laughs> their time the, was a long ago yeah now it's a research yeah uh, Fox is wearing a shirt today it's hilarious it's called Body by Gygax I love that shirt that's right right <laughs> did you get that at Gen Con I did yeah nice. I that's did a good one. Bring it home the swag. Yeah. So, so also with with the Bureau Thirteen, um, we're you know doing some playtesting and things. It's going to be a, a while, probably. Are you guys playtesting early, early next year? By the time we're even going to be ready for that, but you know there's going to be some opportunities for that. Uh, so watch out for it. Um, like like uh, Landair said, late uh, like late fall 2019 is when we're hoping to launch the Kickstarter. So um, I'm sure you'll hear a lot more. We'll talk more about it on the show. Um, 
and uh, as as things come out and and things get clarified of of what we're allowed to talk about and things like that, because like any other any other product and things, um, you know, there's there's NDAs out there and things we can and can't talk about. But at least now we don't have to keep going. Oh, we have this cool project we're working on this secret project we can now every so often when we when we uh, put out a show you know we'll probably we may have a little section where we talk about where we stand and the current what's currently going on with the the product yeah and if you guys have like fond memories of playing bureau 13 or things that you like must see in the new edition hit us up the uh you know uproar at savagecast.com they will be happy to you know bring people on, talk about you know their favorite sessions with the thing, you know, things you do in that game. Um, I have to find my old stuff, right? I mean, back in the day with Sequoia, yeah. Because you guys, it's one of those settings that you know, and that's, that's the thing is like you see it online and people are like, okay, I have such great memories of that, and it's it's, it's super nostalgic. Um, I think the time's right for you know resurgence of it. The you know, there are definitely other games that are hitting similar notes, but definitely different attitudes. Um, yeah, tone yeah. and things like that uh, is, is uh, we're going to be different than you know Monster Hunter Inc. and different than some of those other ones that are coming out. Yeah, you got to shine. Yeah, you know, and just you know, and take advantage of the fact that it's like you know, it, a lot of it is you know, it's smart humor as well. Not not just you know, X Files took always a very kind of a dark tone. Um, you know, and Monster Hunters is a very yeah, a little more violent tone. And this one, um, you know, David's got some great ideas. He's actually doing some uh, book companion as well. So um, there will be, you know, on launch, not only instant fluff that you can read, new fluff, but uh, he's got a really kind of a, a cool vision on, on where he's going to take this. It's not going to just be a one and done. Um, there's definitely an, a nice arc to the the, the, the additions as this is going to come out and be, you know, a new a new platform. So. Yeah, and hopefully it's just something that, uh, something that we'll be working on for a while. Yeah, so excited for that, and you know, it should be fun. Um, it's great, and even as if you haven't, you know, the younger gamers or people who who didn't have the, that in their repertoire, it's really kind of cool to go back and and see the history of gaming and learn about game designers. And you know, when the hobby wasn't nearly what it is today, it didn't you know, role playing didn't have the cool cachet of internet celebrities, and yeah. you know, less than two percent really knew what was going on, and those were the geeks and the nerds. Right, and even like, and the funny thing about this is like, you were them. Those, yeah. guys, those guys who were playing at lunch and things yeah. like that. That was me. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the era, you know, coming from the era when like the government didn't even know what this was, and they, you know, they literally sent out very. I mean, there are multiple companies who were putting out these kind of games who got raided or investigated or contacted by the Secret Service, the FBI, the Department of the Interior, the ATF. I mean, it's just like. You know, all those stories, like, you know, like Steve Jackson had a famous one where, you know, they got contacted by, you know, the, I think it was the CIA in their case or whatever. But it's really interesting where, like, how do you guys know this stuff? How are you getting these ideas? And, you know, the, the government's always suddenly surprised that there's, you know, these networks of people who have conspiracy theories and have, you know, a leaking of some information from what the government thought was secret installations, like, you know, oh, my God, harp and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, Right, and, and and that's all such fun game fodder, um, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the government and it has was, a bigger following, yeah, and I the mean, fact that the that the government was so paranoid of gaming, yeah. fuels the whole gaming about paranoid government paranormal stuff. Right. It's just 
You know, it, it really is stuff down on character sheets and they're passing it back and forth. And these numbers mean something. Go ahead and gather those guys up. Uh, we'll figure out what they're behind. Right. Is this clearly a radical fringe group? Are these are so these domestic? Let me terrorists? take this straight. You guys were playing Boot Hill. Do you know something about the Wyatt incident? We're still investigating. Yeah, it's just kind of. And silly. why don't you ever come out of the basement? <laughs> You right. seem to stay in your basement for hours and hours at a time. What are you plotting down there? Wait, what's with what's with the dice, people? Tell us. What why are you all wearing cowboy hats? And why are you so pale? And wolf t-shirts. <laughs> wolf moon, two wolf moon, three wolf moon, uh, three wolves, two moons. Oh, oh my God. that's awesome. Yeah, how many wolves to how many moons? Yeah, it's really cool. I like the nostalgia of gaming. And when you've been around long enough to remember the roots, yeah, like, there oh, was hey, uh, what's his name? There was a four book. I think it was four book series. Ah, I, I really need to be more prepared for these podcasts. Um, but there was a four book series, Designers and Dragons. I yes, think it was called. Yes, that is the history of role playing. Phenomenal book series. Huh. Um, if you haven't read With it, pictures. get it on PDF. Get it. Yeah, they go by the decades. Yeah, they go by the decades. It's really, right. really good. And I think for free, even you can get the D and D decade or the TSR. So there's one where it's like they, 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 the books are pretty thick. You know, they're over an inch thick. Um, wow. And they give you like a free PDF with like 75 percent of one of the decades, which is you know, and they pick like one company. What year was this? It came out probably. They kickstarted it. It was, and I have them all on PDF. It was probably three or four years ago. Wow, maybe a little bit longer. I did not know. But um, and they're all out in soft cover, so you can get them in soft cover. I'm sure I you can get those. them on Amazon. But they're really, really good. Yeah, it's an interesting part of the hobby now. Just like the fact that people are trying to remember. You know, like you don't have historians until people realize, oh, this stuff's important and cool, and maybe the future generations. And it's collectible, know. and it's out of print. Yeah. And if you want it, good luck. Right, yeah. and that's kind of the stories of RPGs. I mean, so much of this stuff was small-time publishers, you know, spending a fortune and not making much back on putting out their stuff. Well, and, and then you know, like you guys know, with Buccaneers and independent publishing, uh, I was just going to hit on. I was reminded is art, artwork for the story you're telling is huge. I'm a huge local artist guy, not because of the Hulk, but. Just because I'm blown away of the average Joe and their talents, I'm that naive. I'm like, wow, that drawing is awesome. You should work for DC or Marvel or whatever. And I'm like, why aren't you published yet? That is great. I mean, you're up there with the legends. And when you publish something, it's hard to get somebody contracted. Okay, hey, I'm doing a shark game. I need 52 images of a shark, and then I need some dude who looks like a shark hunter or et cetera, et cetera. Right, and it's a low-budget thing, so we can't really pay well. Yeah, so. and I know on the market you get 15, 11, 17. I can only do six. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just crazy. And those old books, D&D, Orange Spine, the only reason why that stuff is collectible is because Jeff D., Mike Williams, uh, Caldwell, uh, Keith Richardson, they're all gone. I think was Parkinson is the only one left, Keith Parkinson and... Jeff Beasley, I think, but yeah, that's the only reason why half that stuff is collectible. Is that artwork is gone. Yeah. Anyways, now it's, it's one of those things where yeah, you know, if you don't record your history, you know, yeah. and and so it is exciting. I mean, you know, but even before that, there were very few products. Like I know SPF put out a book that had um, 
Uh, was it the the, the fantasy, fantasy gamers Bible? Gamers Bible. I, I actually had, had I, I had I have two copies of that. I have I have the original and then a, another copy. And you know, had no idea who the guy was when I bought those. It was when I was first getting into gaming. And you know, you mentioning that, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that is SPF who wrote those, right? And it's just like you know, the first kind of nascent attempts at this is our history. This is how you do this stuff. These are the people, you know. And uh, yeah, n- none of it's glamorous. I mean, you know, but it, it, yeah, well, now it's getting to be that way. Now there's you know, you know, YouTube stars and people who are like D and D is going for a, like lifestyle brand shit. So people don't even play the game, but you know, can like it's interesting meeting people. And, and I had I was talking to some some uh, hipsters, and um, <laughs> hipsters. A, a couple of them were talking about they do D and D nights, and one of them was like, well, no, 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 no not like the D and D. We play dominoes. It's dominoes and dominoes where they get dominoes pizza and play dominoes. Yeah. But there are so many people now who literally do D and D nights, and I, I always mention them. I'm always like, have you heard of Savage Worlds? Right. You know, it's like, oh, you're a drug addict. Let me introduce <laughs> you to this even cooler, better drug. Yeah. And. Um, Nothing against D and D, but you know it's just one of those great things where you know, I'm glad that they're bringing people to the hobby. But it's, you know, it, it is uh, it's interesting now just seeing just an entirely different kind of group um, being attracted to the hobby. And well, like uh, you've got uh, the big the big person now also that that you're hearing a lot about um, is Joe Mag- Magnin. How do you say his Magninello? Yeah, yeah, however you say that dude's yeah. name. I mean, he's got the a guy from Troopland. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he's got a clothing line. That he's put out, right? Wow. You know, and he's got his 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 dungeon down in his basement, and and plays with you know big movie stars, and people are playing, yeah. you know, it's role playing like games. Stephen like, Porkinoy from Dwarven Forge, who's out in Gen Cons and pressing out with you know what's his name, Vincent Dude, and Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel, and you know, writers <laughs> and the whatever. Vincent Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm not a the uh, paparazzi You're not a TMZ star guy. Fucker. Yeah. I just I mean I know but it's weird because in this world we live in, this geek world we live in, those are my heroes. Those are my Clint Eastwoods, my John Waynes, my Gene Autrys. When I meet like Jason Weeby and all oh, these great sculptors who've been sculpting since the eighties, man, and I was buying their stuff when it was Raffham and Grenadier and all these companies that are gone. Um I'm like, wow, oh, it's awesome. And you're like, really, dude? He sculpted small stuff. Why is that a theme for you? And I'm like, 10,000 things he sculpted in 30 years, and he's known throughout the world. That's phenomenal. You know, he wrote something. Everybody read it and around the world. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. That's the first, the first time I, I mean, the way I felt the first time I met Shane. Yeah. It's like you know you're you're meeting the guy who wrote the the game that you He's love. He's your pulse, man. Yeah, and being the Deadlands dude. Yeah, shh, yeah, it's over. So, you know, meeting people like that is 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 pre- pretty exciting. You know, when you're yeah, and when, it's when, silly. when you're a geek. Yeah, it is. The well, that's the amazing thing. Like the there was an interesting like kerfuffle online this last week where. Um, it was talking about like you know, speaking of like the miniatures, uh, how an artist came out who does uh, kind of some some of the larger scale miniatures that are more for the the painting hobby than for gaming, like the seventy five millimeter bust and stuff like that. And he came out and said he posted and he's like, you know, listen, you know, I, I work really hard on these miniatures, and um, this Chinese website has sold five times more of my miniature than I have um, of this, you know, recast or a knockoff. Yeah. And, and and then another company who's actually kind of funny. It's like the I won't name names, but the um, uh, they they've got dinged for having a 
um, a Witcher, like the Witcher property of games. Um, they did a model that was clearly like that character, yeah. but they called it like, you know, the Ooh. Hitcher. The, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> the yeah. Itcher. The Itcher. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, no. The, the V-V-I-T-C-H-E-R. Yeah. Like, the yeah, right? yeah. The V-V-I-T-C-H-E-R. The Vitcher. Right? The Vitcher, yeah. And, um... Yeah, and like I don't mind that stuff, whatever. But like, you know, they clearly didn't pay intellectual property rights to get the actual character, and but they released it, and then they they came out like bandwagoning on this artist coming out and saying like, hey guys, you know, we gotta we gotta raise awareness and stop piracy and stop recasting of miniatures, and um, and it's interesting though, but just because you know, I know piracy is an issue in RPGs, especially for PDFs, because you know anything digital is, is much more easy. But it was interesting that in miniatures. The, the fact that we've outsourced so much of our production, especially in plastics, yeah. to China, that really a lot of the times the people who are making the pirate games, they're not even recasting. It's the, they're the same companies who use the same dyes that they make for, like, let's say, you know, a big right. company like, you know, Warblammer goes to them and, you know, they outsource to China. And there's, you know, literally in China, there's a, there's a production line in a factory that has these steel and, you know, casts that they spin the plates. And yeah, the plates. And, like, you know, and Warblammer says, we want 200,000 of these sprues. Well, the company prints 200,000, ships them off to Warblammer, and then keeps the presses running, so to speak. And well, see, and that's the beautiful thing about Reaper. Is that when they outsource and they do things, they own everything. So you could buy their shoe, and when you're done wearing it, stink and all, they get the shoe back. Yeah, yeah. that's smart, right? Yeah, and that's the thing is, is the uh, keeping. Well, you know. they do that to preserve their artists because you got these people. And the other side of that, which a lot of people, not eh, not too a big thing, but it's starting to become a big thing because of all these games with multiple pieces, is modding characters. So I buy Landauer's Orc, and then I redesign it and it's my thing and if i'm a little hobbyist i can cast that but you're the picasso underneath so it's some of that you know as as well not as obvious as you know snagging a tree and renaming it something but right. it's uh it's pretty tough for the artist i feel well that's the thing is that in, in the small time guys so if, if you're the independent artist putting out your own independent stuff not through a big company you know, and the one that sounds like Warblammer, obviously they they corner the market on those kind of things. So they're 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 ahead of the game. But if you're like if Fox and I or you for a game one to release miniatures, we would not be able to set up a factory, set up a die. Like we'd have to actually outsource that to another company. And it's interesting because I ran across this the first time, kind of realizing this that I probably had actually purchased something that was a knockoff. Was um, uh, there was a really cool game? Uh, there was a board game. Uh, called like the Adventurers, and they had little pulp miniatures for the game. They're all like Indiana Jones style, and the for that game they released a separate set of the miniatures that were painted, and you could buy them painted. So I got those, and those seemed all pretty legit. It was an American company, but then for like one of the conventions, the company released a limited edition figure, and it was like another like a, a Spanish lady or whatever. And I'm like, oh well, yeah, I need some diversity in the team. I'll definitely want to pick up that miniature, but it was. Like it was going in America for like extreme, like for one little miniature, like hundred bucks or whatever. And I'm like, I don't care about the collectability. I literally want to use the model to throw on the table. And I got it from China, and I'm like, and it was in the original packaging and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute though, like why? Why would China still have copies of this? And it was clearly the same thing. It was literally the the example of they had probably been the same company to, or you know similar company, got the original contract, still had all the files. And decided to just keep printing, you know. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is probably bootleg." Um, 
And then the and obviously that one's not killing an artist as much because it's not you know it's not coming from the specific artist kind of like these one you know the current examples are but um, the uh, it was just interesting just seeing just like you know in our hobby that you know we're, we're, we even though it, we feel like we're fringe a lot of the same things on you know trade deals with foreign countries that are in the news now and very political um, can affect our hobby you know literally like I'm sure. Um, you know, if we you know, keep up trade wars with China, certainly you're going to start seeing the textile and printing industry, and that's predominantly what we're in in books, will start getting affected. And so, you know, people complain now that Kickstarters are too expensive and, and shipping is too expensive and, and it takes too long and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's true, but if we want to do it here in America, a lot of the there aren't companies who can do it, or do you want to pay $100 a book? Right. You know? Yeah. And it's just, it's just going to keep going up. Printing costs are going to keep going up. Yeah, I just think it's like that, I don't know, it's just that eye you have to turn, it seems like to me, because you want it, it's eye candy, and you love it, and you can get 500,000 pieces and meet all the stretch goals and everything. Yes, you do have to wait in a year and a half or eight months or six months or whatever, um, but, I mean, that's the butter on the toast, man. You can't get it here for, you end up being like Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven went in, stretch goals, blah, blah, blah. You're up to 600, 800 bucks. You waited a while, but that would have been 1,500 bucks if that was made here. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a great game. I just yeah. actually just played it last night. I'm uh, waiting. You know, lost. Waiting for my copy. We, we, we lost a scenario again last night. <laughs> That's yeah. one of those like living games where yeah, it is. It actually. Yeah, we're going to do it. We'll have to try the scenario <laughs> over again because it ended up being just me. Trying to fight my way through the last four baddies, oh, and I just didn't have—I just didn't have enough enough uh, people who, who haven't played it. Done, but you're playing cards for your actions, and if you run out of cards, you're done. You're done. Yeah. And I just—I was playing cards and trying to make it work to get cards back and do all those types of things. And basically, I had four cards left, and I was—I had two turns left, and I got whacked for six points of damage, and I had five left. Oh, you yes. know, and there was only two two monsters left, and we would have beat the scenario. And you I could have been the hero, right? But it just didn't work. But yeah, but it's it's great. I mean, like like you said, Patrick, it would have been an exorbitant amount of money because. It, I mean, the box, this thing weighs... What's a buck a pound? Yeah, it weighs 50 pounds, pounds, I swear, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, and just the amount of minis and the amount of, of yeah. bits. Right? And, like, Amazon Amazon has ruined you people. Yes. This Amazon whole free shipping crap. Of the free prime fakeness. Right? I want free shipping, free shipping. It's like... Free. Right? And this is the problem. is like, everyone... You know, when, you're, when you're a specialist in an area, you know how much things you think should cost... And it's like, you know, there's never free shipping. All those people have to get paid. It, it goes into the price of the goods. Yep. and Or the calculation of the price of certain goods. Like the people know like, oh, if you're going to buy a camera, you also have to buy batteries and film or whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, we'll jack the price up on those things and we you know, to give you a, a loss leader. Role-playing games can't give you a loss leader. So I see people bitching about you know, printing, uh, printing costs and, and shipping costs. And it's just like, we don't make any money on the shipping, people. And yeah. when it costs you $48 to ship it, that's because we have to spend 48 or more dollars to get it to you. Right. And, you know, we, there's no margin on that. There's no profit on that. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I see all the negativity. I was like, yeah, I know. It sucks you live in Australia, but. Right. So did you, you know. notice Chris went old school on us? For just a second, you have to buy the camera and the film. Yeah. Who's and bought, the batteries? Yeah, who's bought film for a camera right. in the last fifteen years, <laughs> Landauer? Right. The SD card. Yeah, nobody's it's, buying film. That's, but that's a valid point. Um, the add-on, you know, to the Economist, 
I say I'm sorry. I need that. I love that. I love the writer. I love the publisher. You know, Savage Worlds, the reason why I love, the core reason why I love Savage Worlds, it, it is my GURPS. It is the rebirth of GURPS. It is the universal, any idea, I'm using it, I'm a fan of, I can find it, game system. And that hasn't happened to me. I'm getting a little verklempt since GURPS. And I love jumping GURPS horror, GURPS fantasy, and then Sequoia be like, hey, man, all right, buddy, um, you're a cowboy. He just walked out into Sam's, and there's a big mech there, and it's mega damage, buddy. And it was just like world after world, and just Savage Worlds just gives that to you. And then people like you can create it. Say, hey, it's my concept. I got it, wrote it, published it. Here you go. You guys like pirate stuff? Check this out. You know. Right, and that's how I got into it. Like I'm, I'm the same way. Like a lot of people got into Savage Worlds coming through the Great Rail Wars and through Deadlands. And for me, it was I was part of a, of a GURPS group, and I got into GURPS because they published setting material I liked. They had Ancient Egypt and and yeah. Arabian Nights and those kind of things. And I'm like, why? Well, I don't want to just play fantasy, and I don't want to play Al Qadim. Right. I don't really, I don't want orcs and elves in my <laughs> stuff. I just want to play gin and and you know, right. uh, ra- you know, raiders and thieves and magic carpets. And I don't, I don't need the fantasy. Well, it's funny because that's my number one thing about a game as a publisher is. I'm not saying I'm a publisher, but publishers, game designers, artists, all that stuff. When they have a game, the, my number one rule of game is: can that game take me around the world in one die? Gerps. I can take you from England back to Arizona on one die. Shadowrun attempted that, but it was limited. You know, um, Savage Worlds again. I can take you anywhere, and in any time zone. I can take you 1832 if you want to hang out here in the U.S., or I can take you 1832 France if you want to go to Europe. I just people find that glitch of history and they just write it. And you know, if you like it, obviously somebody else likes it, and that I just think is a big success. You know, like you're talking about Bureau 13. There's tons of Bureau 13 dudes out there, old school espionage dudes that had the sneaky symbols and things to do, you know. And right. It was, just, it was just a great thing. And they're gonna and they're and we're gonna be able to bring this to them with a, a simplified and dare I say, better rule system. Well that's the thing too, is like this is no knock. I mean most of the games from that era had crazy, very like, convoluted, right? Yeah. And like, it was, you know, the same, the same appeal of of Savage Worlds in GURPS or Savage Worlds in Rifts is you know Savage Worlds in Bureau Thirteen. Like one of the editions of Bureau Thirteen had, it, it, they're kind of amazing. I mean, I'll, I, I should probably just scan a picture of it to show you people who don't believe it. But there was literally hit point locations on a human body that were in the hundreds of locations, like. Neck, right, head, upper arm, thigh, shoulder, third elbow. quarter. Yeah. Not even they're not even just named. I mean, like there's like like left upper thigh had like six entries because it was literally like a picture of a man and it had a hash grid over it. And I, I don't think there were interesting effects based upon hitting in grid square Q four versus. I think I R7. thought I remember a little bit more like Gamma World, where each body location because Gamma World when it first came out had six to the hand, six to the arm. Four to the elbow, six to the upper. Oh, my shoulder. Lord. Right? And it's like if you're doing Chest a had mech, 30, maybe. neck had 10, head had two. Right? And yeah. it's just like, do we need to differentiate four different zones people get of the off elbow? On that stuff, man. Some people did, right? Yeah. But I think, I think that's gaming. Those pe- those, that's those people, and, and I was one of them it, it, 
back in the day <laughs> who, who liked Chartmaster. Yeah. Oh, Rollmaster. Love Ice. Yeah. You know, so... Um, Stun and able to parry for two rounds. But we're just, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be able to bring it back and, and a rule system that's going to make it that triple F. Yeah. Right? Fast is fun. Yeah. Not farting and falling down. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, so, well, actually, you know, I wanted to interject. There's actually a really cool little Kickstarter. We have nothing to do with this project, um, but it's a cool idea. And so I hope to see more of this. Um, Impact Miniatures, and I guess they're guys who've actually succeeded in doing miniatures, Kickstarters. They went around, and it's called the Lost KS Mini, so Lost Kickstarter Mini Project. And what they did was they went around and they looked at a bunch of um, miniature lines that had either been, you know, the companies went out of business, they stopped producing, or Kickstarters who didn't fund but had cool models, and Kickstarters that did fund but never delivered, and decided we're going to buy. Oh, wait, hold on. Say that again. Kickstarters that did what? That did fund but never delivered. Th- that happens? Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let's move on. Move- Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Move on. Right. Well, Moving been- <laughs> away from that. Let's just move on. We've got some interesting ones of those in the RPG world. Yeah. The, um, but yeah. You know, and, the, um, and, and they decided like, hey, we're going to – we'll throw cash at the people to buy their lines, buy their molds, buy their you know, uh, STL files, whatever they got, and we'll deliver these. And I'm like, that's the coolest idea I've seen in a long time because it's, you know, there's one, there's, it's sad to see stuff go out of print. It's sad where, like, you know, uh, artists uh, put all this effort in and there's just not the right marketing or, you know, they, they age out of the hobby or they die or whatever it is and the stuff disappears and, you, you know, never to be seen again. And, or, you know, the Kickstarters that, oh, it didn't fund by a hundred bucks or it was a new, new group and they just didn't know what they were doing and didn't know how to spend the money correctly and it didn't work out and people didn't get their, their, their miniatures. And I think the, the, the more, as hobbyists, I think a lot of us are less concerned about, you know, getting our, 40 bucks back as no we just want the book we yeah. want the miniature have we, something in return yeah. at least we want to have that like, i don't mind if i have to pay for it again i just want that <laughs> to be on my table like, yeah I, I kickstarted that for a reason because i wanted it <laughs> yeah, exactly right? and so i was like wow i mean i love i mean I, again i I've, I've never i don't think i've ever bought anything from impact miniatures or whatever but when i saw that they were putting up a we're going to go around and rescue these miniatures and actually put them out uh, yeah, it was just a really cool idea, and I'd hope to see more of that. And I know, you know, it has happened before in the in the the RPG realm where you know Kickstarters didn't get fully de- you know, funded and delivered, and so another company came in and was like, "Hey, we'll finish this up," and those kind of things. So I like seeing that. It's kind of you know, not only is it eh, kind of the same moral goodness as charity and, and and whatever, but it's also just one of those things where it's like. We care about these things existing, and yeah. they wouldn't exist if we didn't do it, and we're in a position to do it. So I'm like, good on you guys. So I, I know, I don't know. I just want to throw that out of the universe. It's like, you know, we need more of that. You know, bring stuff back, preserve you know, stuff. Almost on that same line, Landauer. I don't know if you heard of the guys, uh, the game stewards. I don't know if I texted you about. Yeah, that. Yeah, you did. I have never. Yeah. So have what, you what, heard about that, Mr. No. Fox? Uh-uh. Um, well, it's almost on this, the. Impact Miniatures, I've done. Sequoia's done. They've done a lot of neat stuff. I got some alien dudes from this game called Avalon that didn't make it. They were like a buck fifty each. Um, Impact Miniatures is righteous. It's kind of neat. I'm a miniaturist, so I like minis, period, because I like using them for anything. You know, Zombie side is awesome because I got some mutated fatted stuff in there. Zombies, Descent, all those games. You know, if you, if you don't have very many miniatures... 
secret thing is you can rob your board games and use those. My roommate does that. He'll yeah. order board games and things just, just for, for the, the minis. minis. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you paid well, like $400 for that board game that's never going to get played. Yeah, but it's got cool minis. <laughs> and it's total respect to the artist because there's a lot of artists and stuff you know, that work for Cool Guy Minis that also work for Reapers, that also work for Harbinger and a lot of other companies. But Game Stewards, um, they're kind of a neat company. Uh, I want to say Dan and Mike. Uh, shout out to them in Virginia. These guys are pretty cool. I just got off the phone with them. Uh, they go through, and um, I don't know. I'm not an economist guy, so I don't want to sound shrill by explaining it. But basically, they're the last hope of Kickstarters. <laughs> and what they do is when Kickstarters come out, like Gloomhaven and the expansions, uh, I don't know what their tactic is, but when it closes out and you miss that date, you can go to Game Stewards, and they'll have you know, the Gloomhaven second goal Kickstarter fully stretched Kickstarter, the 200 version, 500 version, 179. Um, as you know, board games are the panage right now for Kickstarter. So games oh, yeah. are coming and going really quickly. Something's introduced in January. I'm not surprised it's done by the end of the month. It's phenomenal. They're asking for 5,000. They get 250,000. They're right. done. So these guys, game stewards, come by and grab that stuff, and you hear about it. And you're like, oh, I missed it by X amount of hours or days. Then you go to Game Steward, and I'm sure there's a markup. I don't follow KS as quick as you guys, but it's nice. It's a last hope. I'll if have you're to check that, that out. That's yeah. great. Game Steward's pretty cool. Throw that up. We'll throw that in the show notes yeah. if people want to go check that out. Yeah, well, I mean, man, we've done an hour show already, and we just you know updating you on shit we've been doing. So. We'll call this the 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 update potpourri show. Right. Just kind of, and not really even worry about having a, a core topic. We'll get back to core topics. You know, occasionally it's kind of just. Hopefully, hopefully you'll list, still listen to this episode and won't oh, po- stop. Potpourri is a three-syllable French word. There you go. Oh, so, yeah, we, we were talking. So, like, I was working, like, early into the morning tonight, so, like, no sleep. So, for some reason, before we started the show, Fox and I were talking about, like, when you're having a weird dream and you wake up and you're still kind of dreaming, like, the last thing I was dreaming in, like, this lucid dream this morning was about, like, three-syllable French phrases. Hmm. And so for some reason I'm taking some sh- random I'm, shit, right? It's bizarre as weird. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in the shower this morning, going, chocolat, chocolat, you know, and um, c'est la vie, right? And so it was just like it was infection, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I said, yeah, 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 and I was like, oh, de toi, oh crap, oh, de toi, let us four, and then they turned into four, and you know, it was just like, so, you know, I don't even. And our your creative mind has no bounds, right? It yeah, I, I know zero French, save for stupid cliches and things yeah. you pick up. But you know, this morning, the entire the entirety of like you know showering you and coming and over in here, the rain room, I bet you. Right? I think I need to be like a white padded room. I'll be just mumbling, you know. <laughs> mumbling to yourself in the corner. C'est la guerre! C'est la so, guerre! So, hey, since we're babbling on and I've got the mama and the bull here, um, and most of the savage, Rocky Mountain savages know, when are we as a community going to be able to buckle down locally or in Denver and start rolling some bones? February? That's our next. Yeah, Genghis is on. The next. Genghis. So, there's no Tacticon this year, but Genghis is on. Well, we also have Warp coming up in oh, December. Yes. Yeah, Warp, Warp 2. Warp 2 yeah. in December. Uh, is, is, that cool. a, is it a two-day or a one-day? Uh, one day, Warp Saturday. Warp I think it's going to be right this Saturday. Again. Dustin Hatchett, our yeah. local hero, is running it. Man. And I'm pretty sure, let me double-check because I got a little email from Dustin. And I think it's going to be the Saturday right between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. Yeah. So if you are not like going out of town or you're coming into town, 
Um, we're going to hit up the Wings over the Rockies. I got to go to this one. Sorry. I got to go. Yeah, right? And it's like, you, it's weird. Because, you know, it's one of those things where, like, the, we, everyone talks about gaming and getting together and that stuff like that. And, like, there's a lot of weird dates that are just like, is this really going to be a great date oh. or an awful date? And it's, you know, it, people might be out of town because it's busy and it's holidays. Or you could be the people who are like, shit, it's the holidays. No one's around to play. So, you know what hit me? I just got to share this with a you. A truck? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what hit me the other day after being gaming and gaming and gaming and gaming and gaming and gaming and gaming, gaming forever? Everybody's got an issue about gaming, cost, monies, peoples, whatever. But it finally hit me, and I don't even know if it's true, but I'm going to just throw this out there and see what you think. Gaming, to me, is like a commitment. You only get that if you love something like marriage. So when you say, man, Gloomhaven, Tuesday nights at 7, I'm there. I love it. I am marrying Gloomhaven. And you play Gloomhaven until Gloomhaven says... Mr. Fox, you're not welcome here anymore. Please leave. I table. think we should see other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I don't think people get that. One of I have the top three idiocies of gaming in my existence of rolling, and that's number two. Oh, uh, I've dude. started with World's Largest Dungeon, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, Deadlands. Shadows of Brimstone, if you want to get into board gaming, it doesn't matter. And you put it there, and it's like a relationship. Rack time is awesome. Tongue time is awesome. Chow time is awesome. And then, that's it. Tongue goes away. Chow goes away. And then you're just left with the roots, and nobody's there to hang out. Yeah, it just kind of fades fades away. Yeah, yeah no, I, 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 just, I, I kind of agree with that. I think, I think those gaming commitments... To me, are important. Yeah, I mean, well, it, Saturday it, it, nights. Gaming is a marriage. You are a fucking polygamist. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to be. And how, how many and weekly and things do you have going on? Right well, now? and that's the cool thing about being a polygamist gamer. It's right. Like, you know, every all the games understand. And each it's not other. just. And it's not just RPGs. I mean, right now. Uh, like when you try to schedule something with Fox, he's like, "It's impossible." I have yeah. Tuesdays from like four thirty yeah, to four forty-five. That's, 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 that's when I'm available. <laughs> yeah. Because every every other Friday, I play Gloomhaven. On the opposite Fridays, I play Gaslands. On Saturdays, I role play. My Saturday nights for the past twenty-five years have been role playing. Yeah. That's, that's who you're that's, married to. That, that's who I'm married to. Miss role player. I, I'm married to my Saturday night role playing game. Yeah. And. I make that commitment, and I don't, I don't like to miss that commitment. You know, when I come down to the springs, I'm always telling, I'm always telling Lander, I got to be gone by two, got to yeah. be gone by two because I got to drive back up to Denver by three o'clock. Because if I'm supposed to be the gaming at three o'clock, we don't start till four, but we get together at three o'clock just to bullshit. Yeah. If I'm not there by three o'clock, you bullshit for another hour. I'm late, yeah. and that's yeah. what it's critical and, about the you know, commitment. And so I have that commitment, and then on uh, every other Sunday, I play in a group. And we play D&D, we play Savage Worlds, we play a lot of different games. And then on the off Sundays that I'm not gaming, playing with that group, I run for another group. Yeah. And I'm running Deadlands. And, and that's so, who you're married to. And so I have, I have these commitments. And, and this is my hobby and my gaming is kind of what I live to do. I love my hobby of gaming. That's why I always freak out at work when I ever feel like there's – even the slightest chance Nothing's that they're going to change my schedule. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been with my company for 15 years, and I've always worked Monday through Friday. But we have shifts 
that work four on three off, and those shifts have to work weekends. And I don't work weekends. (laughs) Well, when I do all of my gaming stuff is mostly on the weekends. And so to me, to be perfectly honest, that's... That's a, a fear of mine. I know it's kind of weird that no, that's, that's I, that I'm going to lose my gaming if they come to me and say, "Hey, Chris, you know, we really we're going to need you to change your schedule, and you're going to have to do the back half of the week, yeah, which is yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, people, Saturday." You, you know, and I always worry about that, and I'm always like, "That's one of the things." In 15 years at that company, they've never they've changed my times. <laughs> That I've worked, but I've always They're been the, the I've the always been the Monday like, through Friday uh, so guy. We got that shift coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, don't ask Chris. Um, so what about Mr. Fox? Uh, uh, no, no, we don't we don't mess with. Chris's well, and it's funny. I, I think I think in in the job, this is you know kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think in my job, I I've hurt myself a little bit and lost opportunities. Because I don't want to do weekends. Well, I want to do Monday thing, through Friday it, because totally I because I have a life. Weekend. Yeah. yeah, you have a life. You know, my mom's always said, and, and I agree with this. That I work to live. I don't live to work. Yeah, I work to live. I work so I can can have the money I need to pay my rent and my bills and be able to go out and yeah. do things. And, I'm living and, and buy spend, Kickstarters. You know, buy Kickstarters and I'm spend. You know, I hundred and eighty dollars on three different mats for Gaslands. Yeah, because that's my new obsession. Yeah, you and know, that's what like you're doing. That. You're living. Yeah, in my opinion, that's what the economy. That's what the hobby. That's what you're about. That's what you need to do. Yeah, one life, live it. Period. Yeah. Put that on a put that shit on a t shirt and sell That's it. Right, right. Well, well, and there will be Gaslands at Warp. So I checked, I double checked. It is officially Saturday, December twenty So real 29th. quick, Gaslands. That was the one you were That's talking the, about when everybody That's the was riding the I, Hot Wheel cars. The Hot Wheels and yeah, Matchbox. Okay. Yep. I kicked the crap out of Fox. So great game. Real quick, we'll have to get together at some point because I was garage sitting and I came across a box of Hot Wheels and Matchboxes. I'll have to kick nope. you guys. Oh, Chris just got excited. Right. Chris yeah, just got really, really yeah. excited. Some old school stuff, some clanker beaten up stuff. Green stuff sticks really great to that. So if you wanted to make green stuff guns and fins and things, they, yeah, yeah, it's some really neat they, stuff. All right. So right. anything else we want to talk about? I think we're good. I mean, let's go have lunch. Yeah, time to eat. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this has been either episode twenty six or twenty seven. We're happy to, happy to have you guys listen to us. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of us. Uh, send us some emails at uproarsavagecast dot com. Go to Facebook. You can find us on Google Plus. You can find us on Twitter. We don't tweet very often. Maybe once every three years. Um, but send us some questions. Send us some some cool ideas for things you'd like us to talk about. At least about. we haven't been banned from Twitter yet. That's right. I mean, so 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 if you don't if you don't send us things to talk about and questions, then you get episodes like this where we just sit around for an hour and a half. It's and a just bullshit. We hey, told you some cool stuff. Yeah, There's we told you some cool stuff, and we you know this was just a news episode. You know, we had we had our interview with Charles, so you know this we'll just call cool this cat. we'll call this the news episode. You made some cool announcements. So thanks again, everybody. Thanks for listening to Savage Cast and. And uh, we'll say uh, something, but keep gaming, keep rolling dice. Uh, May your dice explode violently. There you go. I like that. It comes from the sarsaparilla root. Right? Yep. So, and it's yeah. fucking hard and yeah. like anise. And it was and... sold in the old snake oil days. <laughs> Right? Well, yeah. you yeah. fix your prostate and well, your vision. I'll tell you and... what, I got some bare root right here. <laughs> some guy out in the crowd said, bare root? Oh, hell, that's root bear. Oh, Hankins boy selling that. Yeah. Yes. And it became what it is. Yeah. Have you ever had sarsaparilla? Oh, yeah. I, I love sarsaparilla. It. 
It's that's you're right. That's some, some yeah, it's heavy. Like yeah, it's yeah. You have shit. to like, totally whoo! tag it with honey. Yeah, um, or something. But it's a common uh, deal for mussels and cartilage, just a stemmed, steeped, sorry, huh. sarsaparilla root. I am quite the herbologist. I got a couple skill points. Oh, and did you? Uh, have you tried uh, your your what's it called your like your dad's root beer or something? Oh yeah, oh, it's the, the alcoholic the, the hard one. Root beer. Yeah. yeah, I love Not that your stuff. Dad's root beer. Not your dad's root beer. I like that stuff, but you can only drink like one or two of them. And then yeah, you're like, it's oh, a little too sweet, sweet, right. way yeah. too sweet. Right? <laughs> it is. Well, and it's crazy. There's a there's the the like Great American Beer Fest or some shit like that What's going, going on, on this in Denver. Weekend? Yeah, and there's uh, Oktoberfest and whatever. But at the beer fest, so I was riding around, driving people around, and apparently someone out there is selling spaghetti flavored beer. Wow. And I'm just like, I get the wheat, like pasta and wheat right. and bread, but tomato, but fucking tomato. Hey. Well, you that one tomato is a good thing. The Great American Beer Fest yeah. is the first place I ever tried pumpkin beer. Yeah, and pumpkin beer and lemon. Well, oh, I'm sure they're, 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 they're. I mean, after after everybody saw how much more money, uh, what do you call it? Um, the stupid mermaid Starbucks. There we go. It's early people. It's early. Stupid mermaid. <laughs> stupid <laughs> mermaid people. The Ahab, whatever. Call me Ishmael. Anyway, <laughs> Starbucks. The. Um, Battlestar Cylons, Cylons, right? This is how this is how the brain does not work at this morning. It's like all these fucking weird things. But after everyone saw, like, wait a minute. So America is used to paying a nickel for coffee, maybe fifty cents for the really good shit. Right and now, it's like, oh no, 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 you can walk out of here with a seven and a half dollar coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, and they're like, wait a minute, we're gonna put pumpkin spice. It doesn't actually even contain any pumpkin. It's just like the spices you might put in pumpkin pie, nutmegs, right? You call it, yeah, but no pumpkin spice nutmeg. We can't we can't call it nutmeg. It's two yeah. two two syllables. We need right. pumpkin <laughs> spice. You know, but there might be a little cinnamon in there, or maybe some you know mace or whatever. Anyways, the um, yeah, as so they thought, well, 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 people will pay nine dollars for that shit all season long. Uh-huh. So now and they do. If you go to the store, there is pumpkin spice everything, everything. Yeah, like this is October's. Didn't you know that? It's yeah. It's it was crazy. October three weeks ago. Right. Well, it is Oktoberfest. It's not next October week is yet. Christmas. <laughs> Forget the turkeys. We're done. Right. Well, what was I looked a couple mm. days? I don't remember how many days ago, but it was all over Facebook. One hundred days till Christmas. I'm like, oh wow. I know. Yeah. The fact that you people count. I'm like, it's not Christmas yet. Yeah. Like, there's a great website called Is It Christmas? And it just says no for no, 364 days a year until Christmas. Really? Yeah. And then it's like, yes, and that's it. And I'm just yeah, like, the uh, big jolly guy called me, says he's not going to be here this year. You know, he's just tied up. He's done. He's tired of social medias, <laughs> Facebooks, and everything. He's just out. And he can't get untied? Is that yeah, the deal? That's it. He's you know, tied he's up. He can't like, get untied. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like the whole Hoffa theory. Oh, uh, no, wait a minute. It's like the Elvis theory. <laughs> it's like if he did resurface, there's so many fake ones, nobody would believe it anyhow. It's true. Well, yeah, yeah, so so it, then it becomes like the quantum physics of, like, you know, Elvis is both alive and dead at the same time. Little Heisenberg uncertainty Elvis. Schrodinger Cat. Or Schrodinger yeah. Elvis, right? Yeah, Schrodinger yeah, Elvis. Elvis. Schrodinger Elvis. However you say that. Schrodinger, yeah. Schrodinger. Schrodinger. So he says, Elvis. Uh, he's out this year. Good luck with it. Everybody's ordering Amazon. Nobody's parking anymore. USPS is down. He says, good luck with it. Y'all on your own. Overpopulated by 1.7 trillion anyhow. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Amazon and 3D print gifts. <laughs> I'm 3D printing gifts. This year. Yeah, so you've been going like buck wild with this new 3D printer. You finally got it working. So, what do you think, Savage Mommy? Did you uh, are you totally open and plotted and X'd and wide and 3D uh, scoped? I, I, I've printed shit. Yeah, so Feels I'm good, happy. Right? Oh to god, create. yeah. 
Yeah. So what happened with the first? The, but, the, but, the first but, time but, you got like spaghetti, but right? But I'm a little like, scared to. Because I wanted, I, I need to print some stuff, but it's going to take like twelve hours. Yeah, and I wanted just to leave it, but I'm scared. Yeah. What about your uh, microns? What, so, how many microns you get? In a... Whoa! You, you just ask another dude about his size. I have no <laughs> you know idea. It's funny because I'm not even a computer guy. So, I don't know anything about my microns. So when you print stuff, yeah. in layman's terms, you get like some lines that are pretty residual. Uh, uh, they're and, beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful lines from Sweet. this machine. Good. So yeah, they're really nice. Well, you yeah, used spaghetti the first print, right? No, no, it actually it 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 was two little owls, and they're sitting next to each other, and <laughs> so it would it would it was printing this one, and it was printing this one. It got to like twenty six percent, and then it got caught and like pulled it off. Got a little it, bit of slag on the yeah, tip, and then yeah, yeah, and then, doing the Hooter and then thing. I, well, and, and, then kinda, did, and then I did it again. Premature ejaculated, and my roommate, I don't know what. I, I mean, he doesn't 3D print anything. He's like, he's he's like, I think that table's too wobbly. Oh. So I took it off the table. I had it on, moved it onto a, a much sturdier table. It's fine. It works. I printed, reprinted the the failures that failed. Everything's printed great. So now I just got to get a shelving unit. I'm gonna get one of those those IKEA right. shelving units that has like the open shelves, and I'll set it on top. Then I'll have storage all underneath it, and it'll be on the ground. It doesn't have legs. Yeah, and so. I just had it's still sitting on the dining room table right now. Yeah. I know that's a big thing with mine. Nice flat level surface because as it's yeah, if it shakes at all, yeah. it's going to throw it off, and that's that's yeah. where you get the slag on the tip. Yeah, and that doesn't come off very easily. You got to see somebody about that. Yeah. Schmegma, schmegma tip. Yeah, schmegma, yeah. schmegma tip. It is hilarious to like watching. So I, I've joined all these three D printing groups because like you know I've been waiting. I'm like you know if I want to get in. I'm kind of one of the guys who's like, it's got to meet my, my minimum standard of acceptability for me to purchase. Like, I waited on digital cameras until they were like six megapixels. And I know that sounds ridiculous now, but like. Oh, my God, got, the six right? megapixel but camera. That, right? <laughs> but that was like the. Look at the clarity of that <laughs> picture, right? 1992. Exactly. It was like, well, it was like fucking 99, 2000, oh, okay. maybe 2001, somewhere in there, right? right? But it was just one of those things where it's like, it finally. Now we got these. Oh, I know. And now you. What? I, I think this is the thing about the phones. Cell phones have untrained people. It's one of those rare points of um, technology where we've actually trained people to accept shittier quality as their mm-hmm. standard. But if you think about it, like a, an SLR camera takes gorgeous pictures, depth of field, all those wonderful things, and the cell phones are still just shit. I'm sorry. Even like, oh, my God, the new iPhone's got a brilliant memory. Nah, nah, nah. nah. They're all kind of crap. Whatever. Right. But the fact is it's crap that's in your pocket. It doesn't require, you know, 40-pound bag with 12 lenses and, you know, extra batteries and it's going to get stolen. And, you know, so just the convenience factor is totally outweighed. Yeah, and that's the know. key right there is convenience. You can, yeah. It's just for those fast pictures. Like playing, I've been taking a lot of pictures playing Gaslands. And it's just, you know, I can just, you know, just snap, snap a few pictures while I'm playing. And it's, well, it's so we talk. really easy. Yeah. And we could post that and paste it. You know, that yeah, post it up to Facebook real fast. It. It's much easier. Yeah. Right? And so, like, no one's going to shoot a wedding on their iPhone or their Samsung or whatever. But, you know, like, but you for know, every it's also day's... comparable back in the day when we all grew up. Maybe not you, the bull, but you remember Kodak's when everybody had an Instamatic? And you had that person walking around with 500 boxes of film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I remember going, like, we used to have a thing called here. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't Costco. It was before Costco. But Sam's. like, 
Uh, no, it was it had an RX in the name. Oh. It was like a... Oh, God, what was it? Anyways, it was like the local pharmacy store, and you could go there and trade in your... If you got a roll of film developed, they'd give you a roll of film wow. with yeah, with your development price. And back in the day when, like, 36 pictures was a lot, right? Like, oh, my God, that's, that's the big roll. And, like, right. 24 is, like, a big right. roll, but not as... Yep. You know, and, uh, and you'd have to go to, and then you, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, well, you got to get doubles in case any of the good pictures, you know, you have to, you have one to give it to a friend or whatever. Uh, um, yeah. But you get doubles of all that shit. Yep. And you're just Always. Like, oh my God. Check mark the double box. Right? Yeah. And then they're just so, like, 90% of them are just shit. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, but that was the thing is like, the fact that you get the roll again. So, like, we, you know, we saved so much money on film. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I you go back through all like the childhood things. You're like, oh yeah, that's an ugly picture of me, an ugly picture of me. Oh, here's a good one. And then you know, the uh, yeah, those days. And you had to wait. I mean, that was the whole thing. Like, you'd come back from an event, and you'd you'd have none of the pictures from like you know, you go on a, on a vacation. You're carrying your film all through vacation. You get to see none of it until you come back, and you like. You're like, well, God, it's going to cost us like 150 bucks to go get these developed, so maybe we'll wait. And then, like, you know, you, you finally take them in, and, um, you know, and then you, you, you drop the, like, a small fortune, like almost as much as you did on, like, a room night for the vacation to just develop the film. Yep. And then you're all excited to go back through them, and you're like, did I really just take, like, 19 pictures of some, like, landscape mountain from the car that's all blurry now? And it seemed pretty at the time. Yeah, well, and that was, that. yeah, we did, when when I went to Italy with... Far more, that's we, what it was yeah, called. Yeah, we went to Italy in uh, early 80s, I don't even remember, and my mom bought a brand new 35-millimeter camera for um, the trip. Didn't know how to use the damn thing. And shot, and, and took all the pictures she took on slides. <laughs> oh, because those have the best colors. Yeah. yeah. And so somewhere in my parents' house, we have a shit ton of pictures, and probably half of them are shit. Right. They're blurry. You can't, because my mom didn't know how to use the camera, but they, she bought this expensive 35-millimeter camera, was mm. going to shoot on slides and yeah. all this stuff. I'd like to find those pictures. Right. And you know the guy at the store, like when your mom's in there, is like, I want to you know, document this, so we're going to go do it right. And you know the guy at the store is like, you got to get Velvia film and do the slides because it's the only way to really capture the depth and not realizing that just like, yeah, the whole slide technology, like, well, it was cool, is it was just like almost instantly outdated. Although the funny thing is, is like we never got around, like, again, ex- accepting less. It's funny. When you got slide films, you could go and you get your whole family in the room and you pull down a little white screen and you get the projector and you go click, click, click. You know, and you, and you hope that, you know, mom and dad didn't put their special film canister <laughs> on there. I, heard, yeah, I read like on Reddit there was some story about that where like, you know, grandpa comes to you know, show, show the, the kids. The right? And it's grandma in a negligee you know, lounging oh, on heavens, the bed. Oh, heavens, I don't know how. Oh, that's Uncle Phil in Antarctica. Oh, heavens. Right. The, that uh, was a Christmas of 42 before your Uncle Bob, Steve's dad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and then the grandparents give you the look around like, well, none of you would be here if Grandma and I didn't get it on. So, right. you know. Like, like hey, snatch will over there. Yeah. <laughs> of course we did it. Stay on the tables, 1952s. Right? Like, yeah. look at that body at Grandma's got. God, she was a piece hey, in I her tell day, you, wasn't your she? Your mom's was the hardest. <laughs> right? Grandpa, you, Ma, ew, stop it. Six months after the Belleville, we were in the backseat. And I ain't talking about finding the seatbelt either. And there it is. Let's see if it'll start back up. Ooh, we're getting sound effects. Really? You're not going to? Their Wi-Fi in here sucks. 
Yeah, we're in the public library. And so, you know, abusing the public oh, good. you're but... offline. No wonder. All right. Yes. This is me and Steve in front of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh, this is Steve and me in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Oh, this was me and Steve going up the Pony Trail. Oh, this is your Uncle Steve drinking some water we got at the tourist house. Oh, this is me and Steve when we stepped over the tree lump. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Grandma, how many? Oh, we got two more rails. At 256 a spool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is your Uncle Steve when he got too close to the edge. Right. <laughs> oh, that's Aunt Margaret helping Steve up in the bottom of the cliff. Right. This is when Uncle Steve's mule had flatulence, <laughs> and you, know, you can see his tail wagging. God, the smell. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but he was so romantic and carried me over the threshold of the cabin. And he we carried stayed in. you all the way down, nine pounds all the way down, and your Aunt Erga just wouldn't keep on complaining. And they passed you back and forth like a backpack. Ugh, <laughs> right. ear, earring was digging into my neck. I'm like, ow! <laughs> right? Like, we're, yeah, podcasting's hard, people. You don't know. Like, we get injured. God. You know. Earrings in the way. <laughs> God. Horribleness. All right. Well, we want to get going? Yeah. We actually have, like, actual other stuff to talk to you guys about. So, like, why not?